Hello, today is Wednesday, July 21st, 2021, and you have joined The Briefing, which is an overview of Oregon and Washington legal analysis brought to you by the law firm of Smith, Freed, and Eberhard, litigators in Oregon and Washington, where we play to win. My name is Justin Wickheiser. I am the director of legal operations. I'm generally the person that reads these to you, although I had a guest stand in for me uh, last couple episodes. So uh, I'm back. Hopefully that's exciting to you. Uh, I do want to say I hope everyone's having a wonderful summer. I know we have the 4th of July. Right now, a lot of people are on vacation. I hope you're out there and you're, you're focusing on the most important thing in life, and that is spending time with your loved ones and, uh, and just enjoying and, and being with the people that you care about. So uh, I hope that is happening for you this summer. Two other announcements I'd like to make. First is we just conducted, and when I say we, myself and Jeff Eberhard, the managing partner of Smith Freed Eberhard, we just conducted a webinar covering litigation trends and suits filed from COVID-19. You may have heard of it in Oregon, Washington. It's pretty much a topical overview of where suits have been filed, how many have been filed, and then some strategy and analysis. Uh, we gave that recently via webinar. If that's something you're interested in or would like to uh, take a peek at, you can access that on our website. Go to smithfree.com. Once you're at smithfree.com, go to our resources page, webinars, and then you can ask and fill out the form. Uh, or as in the marketing world, we like to say the call to action to access the webinar and someone from the uh, publications team here at the firm will get that information to you. So I did want to share that with you. Secondarily, we will be presenting that topic live at the upcoming CLM conference, the Council on Litigation Management in Atlanta in August. So if you're there and uh, you like this content, you uh, want to hear more about that topic, we'll be there. We would love to see you at the presentation. All right, diving into it. Let's talk about what today's legal alert is all about. Cue special music. All right, here's the title. So the, what we're talking about today is the Washington Supreme Court. And they said that a termination of a contract, not for default, equals a termination for convenience. This comes from the desk of Ashley Nagrodsky. Uh, Ashley, I think this is her first legal alert, at least on the briefing, so really excited to have her uh, put forth this information. Ashley is a practice leader and partner in our Seattle office. Very, very good at what she does. Feel free to reach out to Ashley if you have any questions in addition to my reading of the legal alert here. I know she'd be happy to hear from you. From the desk of Ashley, these two forms of termination commonly result in different financial consequences for the contractor. This case addresses such an occurrence and illustrates how an entity can avoid paying extra costs and fees. Claims pointer. Here, the Washington State Supreme Court illustrates how the standard specifications incorporated into the subject contract between a contractor and the city of Puyallup in this situation automatically converts an improper termination for default into a termination for convenience and the financial impact of the same, i.e. contract law and general litigation. Case is Conway Construction versus City of Puyallup, number 98753-0, WN2D, that's on July 8th of 2021. Here are the facts of the case. So the City of Puyallup contracted with Conway Construction. Uh, they contracted with them to build the nation's first arterial roadway with previous concrete. As is customary with public works projects, the city drafted the contract, setting the terms of the project. The subject contract included several documents, which together they generally govern the project. 
The city found several problems with this project and issued a number of non-conformance reports to Conway in early 2016. The non-conformance reports notified Conway that some of its work did not meet the contract specifications. Okay, The city also saw unsafe work conditions, which it reported to the Washington State Department of Labor of Industries, that's called LNI in Washington, citing the notice requirements within the contract. The city gave Conway notice of suspension and breach of contract identifying a total of nine contract violations. So Conway then subsequently disputed the violations, but also took steps to remedy the alleged breaches. On several occasions, Conway asked to meet and discuss the city's concerns, which is important, but the city's engineer refused. The city ultimately issued a final notice of termination for default to Conway and withheld further payments. Conway then sued the city. They argued that the termination for the default was improper and should be converted to a termination for convenience under the contract. The city sought cost incurred to complete the project. Okay, so what Conway did then is they sought attorney fees pursuant to the contractual language and regarding a termination for convenience. Contracts, they matter. So here's the law of this particular case. Under the subject contract, once the contracting agency determines that sufficient cause exists to terminate the contract, written notice must be given to the contractor. Okay, that's really important. So written notice must be put forth. And it's surety indicating that the contractor is in breach of the contract and that the contractor must remedy this breach within 15 days after notice is sent. The contract allowed the city to continue termination if it was not satisfied with the remedy, but it could not terminate if the city's lack of approval was unreasonable or not in good faith. Although the city did not properly terminate for default, the termination was converted into a termination for convenience. A termination for default must be based on good cause, such as the contractor's failure to meet the requirements of the contract, or by contrast, termination for convenience clause in a contract generally gives a public entity the right to terminate at will. Assuming no bad faith or abuse of discretion, these two forms of termination result in different financial consequences for the parties. So our analysis is that the subject contract specifies that under a termination for default, Conway must pay any extra cost the city incurs to complete the project, including a new contractor's higher potential higher prices and states that payments are withheld until the project is finished. However, the city shall only be entitled to terminate the contract for good cause. The city may also terminate the contract upon the occurrence of Conway, disregarding the law, authority of the city, or performance of work which deviates from the contract and after notice. So Conway neglects or refuses to correct the rejected work. Here the city argued that the good cause clause superseded the secondary clause. Conway failed to comply with the law. The city was justified in termination of the contract, regardless of any attempts at remedy. So the Washington Supreme Court disagreed. And that's why we're reading this legal alert today, stating that the two provisions are instead complementary. Accordingly, both clauses governed the termination here. The subject contract allowed termination based on defective work only if Conway neglected or refused to correct the rejected work. Conway attempted to make good faith repairs and cure the defective work, but the city failed to act in good faith when determining whether it approved the corrections. Because the city did not act in good faith, the termination of the contract was for convenience, not default. 
And for those carriers that insure a lot of general contractors, um, artisan contractors, you run into this all the time and you see it taking place. So this is a, an important, an important decision. Because this was a termination for convenience, the city was unable to recover any offset for defective conditions discovered after termination because Conway was not provided notice or an opportunity to cure. So the termination for convenience allowed Conway to seek contractual attorney fees. The court had to decide if Conway was entitled to contractual attorney fees given the free provision in RCW 39-0.04.240, which did not apply this in this case. In sum, RCW 39.04.240 requires a settlement offer to be made in order to recover fees. So Conway did not make a settlement offer and thus was not entitled to fees under the statute. But there's a twist, shockingly. However, the contractual language as drafted by the city allowed for attorney fees. RCW 39.04.240. We, you may want to go to the webpage on this one since I've referenced it now three times and take a look at this, but it's not an exclusive fee provision. So contractual attorney fees are, are allowed. Conway is entitled to recover the same. So where is the big picture in all of this for you uh, and for claims and for essentially the way that we defend and look at these cases? The big picture is that failing to understand contractual language can result in financial consequences for a party. Parties should be diligent in drafting and negotiating contract language. They should be aware of the requirements needed for terminating a contract for default versus terminating a contract for convenience. And they need to be sure to comply with the contract language regarding the same. Parties should be careful in drafting, negotiating, and reviewing contractual language setting forth the financial consequences under each type of termination. Finally, if a contract provision provides for attorney fees, a party may recover such fees even if that party does not qualify for fees under now that very famous statute, RCW 39.04.240. So that is today's Washington Legal Alert brought to you by the law firm of Smith, Reed, Neberhard and from the desk of Ashley Nagrotsky. Thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate you. We appreciate your support. If there's anything you need, whether it be additional content, uh, you have a question, or you'd just like to learn a little bit more about how we can help you and your insurers, please reach out to us, uh, smithfree.com or 503-227-2424. Thank you so much. Have a great day.